so what we're going to do, Louise, Laura is going to introduce you and then we'll just jump into the questions that I sent you. Boy. Is everyone recording on their voice? <laughs> Not a no. chance. No way. Do you want to press the button? It's yep. going to be a whole different Luis. Okay, press the red button. Yep, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, red button's pressed. Cool. Welcome to another episode of Good and Grounded. It's a podcast that we have been producing. If you've been listening, you know the goal of this series is to highlight what's happening in our Colorado community and dive into all the ways that we can contribute to help make this place just a little bit better. I'm Lara Love, founder of Ground Floor Media and co-founder of Center Table. And I'm Jim Licko, a co-founder with Laura and managing partner of the Denver-based digital marketing agency, Center Table. We're going to pivot a bit in this episode and talk about a subject that's very near and dear to our business, corporate social responsibility, or CSR, as they refer to it, uh, which is how a company or business approaches its philanthropic and volunteer efforts, as well as its ethically-oriented business practices. Um, Ground Floor Media and Center Table are members of BCivic, which is the only organization in Colorado focused on for-profit companies who are passionate about giving back uh, as they are about growing successful companies. We're a proud member of the inaugural Colorado Civic 50, which is a group of the most civically engaged companies in Colorado. And just wanted to give a quick plug to BCivic for those listening because we value the work that they're doing so much. In 2018, BF Corporation, which is the parent company of multiple well-known outdoor and lifestyle brands like the North Face, Smartwool, Vans, Eastpac, and Dickies, just to name a few, announced they'd be relocating their headquarters right here in Denver. Joining us for this episode is a longtime friend of GFM and Center Table, Luis Benitez. So Luis is the Vice President of Government Affairs and Global Impact at VF Corp, which means he works hand in hand with the organization on their CSR programs, as well as on their sustainability efforts. Prior to joining VF Corp, Luis was the state of Colorado's first director of outdoor recreation. His resume in the outdoor climbing and guiding world actually could be a podcast episode all on its own, but we're going to need to focus on what he and VF Corp have been doing to make a difference in their communities and in our community right here in Colorado. Hey, Luis, welcome. So lucky to be here. So happy and so lucky. For those who may have been asleep the past few years, tell us about VF Corp and what made the company select Colorado as its headquarters. You know, it, it's pretty incredible the the calculations that, that went on. Um, I mean, ultimately, um, VF grows and shrinks by acquisition um, or by divesting of, of brands. Uh, to Laura's point, all focused in the outdoor footwear and apparel markets. Um, also workwear a little bit for us, but we can get into that later. And when really looking for a place that not only embodied the spirit of the outdoors, but also access to the kind of workforce we were looking for um, in a place that really walked the talk around things like conservation and stewardship, um, great place to work, great access to talent, um, Denver really fit the bill. So it's been quite a journey to, to get here and to start converging um, not only a headquarters coming from North Carolina, but some of the brands that Laura listed plus others from all over the country um, and a few from other parts of the world. So it's uh, been a long time coming and happy to say at the time of this recording, we're just about ready to open our doors on our brand spanking new tower down on Wiwata. So very much looking forward to it. 
That sounds like perfect timing. Yeah, excellent timing. <laughs> With everything. Right? Well, I don't know who's going to be in the office, but um, the doors will be open. Uh, I read that VF claimed the number one spot on Barron's list of the most socially conscious companies. And then I also read, which is also sort of like our little foundation, but different, is that you just announced $7.3 million in community investments. Pretty incredible. You, you know, I, the one of the pieces that I took on when I joined VF um, was that really trying to understand not only what corporate social responsibility meant through a couple of different lenses, but also how do you how do you galvanize that with brands that are very much their own houses, um, not only of activity but also of external relations. And one of the things we wanted to focus on with the foundation was really asking the question tied to our purpose. Um, we have three distinct territories that we try to focus on. Um, first one being outside matters, which is really focused on the thing that we've been talking about, that the outdoors, the outdoor industry, conservation, stewardship, equitable access to the outdoors, it matters to the communities that we live in, work in, and play in. The second one we call worthy work, and that's really talking about the celebration of the trades um, obviously, we are our companies and brands of makers. And in order to understand what that looks like from an education perspective, there is no one straight path on that journey. And really understanding that the trades, um, and not necessarily focusing on a four-year degree or a two-year degree, it can be mentorships, it can be apprenticeships. Um, there are many ways to galvanize an education. So Worthy Work really focuses on that holistic approach to education. And the third one, um, which we've really been focusing hard on right now, is what we call Free to Be. And that's definitely a, a deeper dive and an exploration of the diversity and equity space, um, not only through the lens of the workplace, but also through the lens of the communities in which we serve. So the VF Foundation, which is a, a $10 million mechanism annually um, for us, $10 million giving mechanism for us annually, really focuses on those questions. Any place on the planet where VF has a footprint, so a, a broad effort to really t attach ourselves to purpose, look through the lens of those three territories, and then also try to capture some of the storytelling around that um, is, is something that we've, we've been paying a lot of attention to the last couple of years. We talk with our clients a lot about good CSR programs being a way to stay focused on where you're giving, what you're giving, and what you just described is exactly that. Um, I think, you know, Everyone here in Dem Denver is such a unique city when it comes to corporations because you get a comparable city like Minneapolis or something that has dozens of Fortune 500 companies and we have just a handful. And so when a company the size of VF relocates here, um, there are probably all sorts of people knocking on your door for local uh, donations and local grant making and things like that. Where does VF prioritize the local needs here in Denver and with our Colorado community under the umbrella of what you just described? No, that's a great, great question, Jim. I mean, Denver's obviously our home. And because it's our main home, um, I think there's a lot of attention placed on how we engage not only with Denver in the front range, but the entire state. I think that's that's a really important thing for us to understand that, you know, while we look at, you know, Denver as where the HQ is, Colorado is really our home. So the prioritization, I think, goes back a little bit to those three territories that I just outlined. So we have had, to your point, a lot of calls would you be interested in sponsoring XYZ? Uh, one of the things we've really gotten away from is sponsoring events 
or funding events. We really want to focus on programming and actually driving impact on the ground, at the ground level, um, focused in some of the spaces that I just described. So, you know, while all of those fundraisers have merit and value, we've really started to shift our, our lens away from some of those pieces and really started looking through the lens of programming. So Denver's important, but I would expand what you just said to, to sharing that we really take a, a great pride and focus in Colorado. We leveraged a lot of grants on the Western Slope in Grand Junction through, through this last fall cycle. Um, ironically enough, focused on equitable access to education. So um, within the outdoor industry and some of those trade programs. Um, so really proud of, of some of those efforts. But um, I think, you know, you have to always take that macro micro approach wherever you are to understand um, how the pieces fit the whole. So one of the things we never want to have happen is there's so much focus on Colorado. What about all these other places where we have a footprint? And I think it's it's not as formulaic as it may sound. Um, we don't say out loud, well, each region gets X amount of dollars. What we really look at are the requests that we've gotten. Those get vetted through a grant committee that's internal, as well as a board of directors for the foundation, which is internal. Um, and then we make some decisions and make our announcements. So it's it's a multi-stage process. You talk about the macro-micro approach and how the pieces need to fit the whole. But for those listening that might be looking to start or maybe even enhance their own CSR program, what quick pieces of advice would you give them? You know, start, starting this can be complex and, and difficult because it's, it's a cost center to any organization. And so there's, I think there's a certain sense of politicking that needs to go on internally to answer the questions of why, why are you taking this amount of money off the bottom line and how does this help? Because you don't make anything, you don't sell anything, um, you, you try to bring good to the world. And, and when you try to put that on a balance sheet, um, there's often a lot of difficult conversations that come along with that. So I would say um, the only other pieces of advice I would give is, you know, start that ground game early to understand what do you want to focus on from a purpose perspective? Is it attached to the purpose of a company? Does your company or organization even have a purpose or mission statement? Um, I've found quite often that organizations that want to start a CSR program say, well, what do we want to give to? Well, I don't know what's important to us. And then they have to go back to the drawing board to actually establish mission, vision, values, which they may have, but purpose of giving, which also takes quite a bit of time. And then the last thing I would say is, have, have a great partner to help keep your ducks in a row. CSR, there's a big difference between cause marketing, charitable giving, um, and, and getting into self-dealing issues when it comes to, is an organization actually benefiting from a marketing perspective with what the giving that you're doing? And those are very fine-tuned, nuanced pieces. And, and I find that, that you know, there's a lot of amazing groups out there that, that can help you navigate those waters. You mentioned the difficult conversations, and I think you're right. As business owners and as shareholders, you have to make some tough decisions, especially during this pandemic. How has this pandemic impacted your all's giving? You know, I have to say, and this is, um, you know, all kudos and credit to our CEO, Steve Rendell. Um, even, even in the midst of these challenging times, he has um, prioritized what the foundation does in the context of global impact. Um, understanding that, you know, really part of us telling our story is really serving the communities where we live, work, and play. 
Um, it would be very easy for any organization right now to tighten that belt. Um, but like, you know, the old adage, when you, you plan for a rainy day, VF was doing that planning well before I joined the organization for years to ensure that from a foundation perspective, the corpus is strong um, and with good prudence and diligence, we can continue um, hopefully through this and continue to serve our communities in an effective manner. So Luis, we like, we like to close our show. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is to try to give people some insights into what's happening in our local communities, how people are giving back, where the need exists for people. And I know you, between being an international guide, between formerly working with Vail Resorts, the governor's office, you, you wear a lot of hats and you run in a lot of different circles, but a lot of them are related to the outdoor industry. Where do you see the biggest need in Colorado, in our Colorado community right now? And how can anyone who's listening to this episode help out, either financially or maybe from a volunteer standpoint? Well, I'm going to give you a suggestion that I hopefully people will also see as an opportunity to stay healthy and, and get active. Um, I'm sure people have been following the news that due to the pandemic, there's been a lot of suggestion by health experts, get outside, take a walk, get outside, go camping, get outside, go, go to a lake, swim, fish, bike, boat. Um, and I think what we're seeing is a, a deeper level of impact on all of our national resources. Um, trails are being affected, trailheads are being impacted, um, waterways, creeks, rivers, lakes, um, a lot of people are entering the outdoors that have never really understood or maybe not had an opportunity to learn about um, what environmental impacts actually look like or what trail degradation looks like. So I would encourage folks, if you're seeing that impact, thinking about it, care about it or are concerned about it, there are a lot of organizations in Colorado that, that focus on helping that infrastructure. Organizations like Volunteers for Outdoor Colorado, Colorado 14ers Initiative, where you can get out and take a walk, but also work on that trail that you're walking on. And I know that both of those organizations have programs well into the fall that I would highly encourage. If you want to move a shovel and swing an axe and move rocks and a little bit of dirt on a Saturday with your family, um, and it help improve a trail that maybe you and your family enjoy frequently, I would offer up to your listeners that that would be a great and a very Colorado-like way to, to stay involved. Luis, thank you for the time. Thank you for the insights. We appreciate you coming on the show and we appreciate you as always as a human. Um, thanks for the time. So Jim, we always like to end these hearing the one cool thing that one of us has learned or done this past week. Give me yours. Yeah, so mine's actually super relevant to what Luis was saying about getting outside and, and getting some exercise. Um, I've had a few walking meetings recently where, you know, either clients or coworkers where you're socially distanced and uh, you just have a chance to get out and actually see somebody in person, which is good, and kind of get out and get some exercise and fresh air and away from the Zooms and away from the screens and just kind of actually be productive while also, you know, taking care of your own sort of mental and physical well-being. So my one cool thing, and I would encourage everyone who's listening, is to schedule a walking meeting or two this week because... Uh, it's a refreshing experience for sure. Love it. And if you can't find anyone to have a meeting with while you're walking, maybe you could go to goodandgrounded.com and listen to some of our episodes of our podcasts. You can certainly go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you know of a leader in our community that has a good story to share, drop us a line. 
we'd love to interview him or her. So yes, subscribe, share, and let's do some good in our Denver and Colorado communities. Thanks for joining us.